If you've got something in your life, I've recently released a new book called View from the Top, and it talks about in the book how to get rid of the things in your life that is stifling your creativity. And a lot of the things that are there is fear, missing an opportunity. You know, that's one of the things people are afraid. The second thing is, is bitterness. They harboring bitterness towards something or somebody. And when you start cleaning that stuff out of your life, you can go to heights you've never been. If you want to live a life of significance, if you want a view from the top, you need to check out Aaron Walker. Hey, and why not? We'll do it right now. <laughs> I'm here in sunny San Diego. I've got Aaron Walker with me. This is Start of the Doubts. I'm Jared Easley. Aaron, how you doing, sir? Hey, Jared. How's it going, buddy? Thanks for having me on your show. I, I Long overdue, shame on me, but thank you for taking some time right now. So no, we're, we, what an honor. Thank you. We're literally just standing up out on a sidewalk outside enjoying this weather. Man, how could you not be outside in San Diego? It is beautiful out here today. 65 degrees, no humidity, typical San Diego. So it's not a view from the top, but it is a a reasonable view. Would you agree? I would agree. This is a view from the top, though. This is amazing. It is. So, Aaron, it's possible there's going to be some people just not familiar with what's going on with you, and I'd love it if you'd just catch them up real quick. Yeah, thanks, Jared. I appreciate it, man. I started out really early at 13, went in business for myself at 18. Sold out at 27 years old to a Fortune 500 company. Took it easy for about 18 months. My wife said, you're getting fat and lazy. You need to go back in business. And I did. We went back and bought the company I started with when I was 18. Built it up to four times the size it was when I bought it. And then something really horrific happened, Jared, on August 1st, 2001. I was headed to the office. I was 40 years old. Things were awesome. I was working three days a week and my partner worked the other three days. Enrique stepped out in front of me on a busy highway and I ran over and killed a pedestrian. And man, my life come to a screeching halt that day. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't even believe this is happening. So anyway, I won't take you through all that. He lived three days in the Vanderbilt trauma unit and it rocked my world. I decided to sell my business and retire for the second time. And we did. Robin and I traveled extensively over the next five years, kind of get your legs back under you because you don't get over that. You right. know, God gives you the grace to deal with it, and he did. Five years later, Robin said, you're getting fat and lazy again. It's time to go back to work. So we had built a house during that five-year period, and I so fell in love with the company that did it. I went and bought half of it, and we took that company to number one three consecutive years over the next nine years. And then I retired at 50 years old and I said, uh, I'm done. Well, my buddy Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller in a mastermind group together for a couple of decades, they said, retirement doesn't work very well for you. So what are you going to do with yourself? I said, I'm done. I'm going fishing. I'm going hunting, playing golf. Dan Miller said, you're not going to do it. You've done that twice before and it hasn't worked well for you. You need to coach. So to make a long story short, I started coaching. Now I have men all over the world that I coach, help them grow their business. I help ordinary men become extraordinary. We lead seven mastermind groups called Iron Sharpens Iron, and I'm having the time of my life. Wow. Aaron, I think you've rehearsed that and maybe said that once or twice. I have <laughs> said it a couple of times. Really I love well. doing these interviews, but <laughs> that's my story, man. 38 years, we've owned 12 businesses, and we're just having the time of our life now. Aaron, for some people who want to be successful, Is being successful a bad goal? No, not at all. I love to make money. I love to be successful. The only thing is you've got to define for you what success means. Right. And for me, it means my schedule. I love having a flexible schedule where I can do what I want. I don't have to punch the clock, and that's pretty cool. I love having a little bit of money. I don't have to to worry about paying the electric bill. You know, I don't have tons of money, but 
got enough to pay the electric bill. I don't have to worry about that. But the bigger thing for me in success is having a relationship with my family. I'm a Christian and God is first and then Robin and then my kids and grandkids, then the business. And I want you to make all the money that you can make because I love to make money. I want to make more money, but I don't want to make it my God. And what I found out after that accident was, is I had no significance. I had a lot of success in a lot of businesses early on, but I didn't have any significance. And what I found out is that I was looking inward and not outward. And so now we spend a third of our time looking outward, trying to promote other people, trying to help other people, trying to lift them up and edify them and encourage them. As a result of that, Jared, I've been more successful and significant because of our approach. It's just a mindset shift. And that's what we've elected to do in this business. Uh, Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because we're selfish and we want to look inward. We want what's best for us and we want to do the things that we need to do to get more, bigger, better, shinier, and faster. And that's not necessarily what's best for you. And I've even developed documents called a personal assessment where you look at your identity and your ideals, your relationships, your career, your faith, and you answer the questions as to what's really good for you. There's another document I wrote years ago called, What Do I Want? Most people don't even know what they want. They just want to get more. And I'm like, man, maybe more is not best for you. So we go through this exercise and answer these questions. And they end up at the day, end of the day, and they go like, this is how I want to live. So I teach people to live proactively and not reactively. Live your life intentional. Don't live it accidental. And each and every day, we plan the life that we want to live, and we execute on that rather than just talking about it. Aaron, what what does it mean to you to be a good steward? Well, you know, as I said earlier in the interview, I'm a Christian, and I believe that everything that we do, we need to be a good steward, not only over our resources, but over our time as well. And so I think being a steward is following, for me, in my faith. I pray every day, and I want to be obedient to how I would lead my life from a time standpoint and a financial standpoint. I think we're stewards over everything that we're entrusted with, and I want to be a good one. Relationships are important to you. You've made that you made that real clear. But for some people, hey, how do I go out and create these authentic relationships? What do you say to that? Well, here's the thing: relationships are not going to come find you normally. You got to go out and be proactive in finding them. And I'm a lifer. When I find somebody I love that we have the same values, the same character, guy's got high morals. He's an honest man. He's got high integrity. I want to latch onto that guy because you only have a handful of guys that are really that type of person that you can do your life with. Somebody said one time, if you could find five people, you know, to live your life with like that, that it would be unusual. Well, I've had the privilege of living my past 56 years, the past really 30 years with guys like that in our mastermind groups. I think it's imperative because the enemy to excellence is isolation. And if you want to live a life that's not fulfilled and gratified, then stay at home alone. Don't surround yourself. Keep the veil up. Don't be transparent. Don't be honest. And when you do that, you're living a facade. And I teach, let the veil down, be transparent, be honest, and you've got a good foundation from which you can build your entire life on. Would you be willing to share a story or a specific example of when you've had to battle isolation? Oh, yeah. You know, during that time when I ran over that pedestrian, I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to sit back. I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't come out of the bedroom. I wanted to just hang out. I didn't want anybody around me. And it's the worst thing I could have possibly done. What I needed to do is get my buddies around me and encourage me. And I did. It took a couple of days, but, you know, I was in trauma. I mean, you don't go through something like that and not go through some traumatic experience. But what you need are people around you that hold your arms up when you need it to edify you, to encourage you. 
to pick you up because we all get in positions that we can't get out of alone. And when you have people that love you, the trusted advisors around you that can encourage you to do that, people that are non-biased, they don't have anything to gain or lose as a result of what they tell you, but they love you enough to make you do the right thing. I had a buddy of mine call me years ago and he said, man, I know you're having a tough time getting over this situation. He said, but I'm going to be honest with you. You're wearing the crap out of everybody in our group. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, you need to get over it. He said, it says in the book of Isaiah to take the chains from around your neck and move on. It's time you were moving on. And he hung up the phone, Jared. And he said, I got to go and hung up the phone. I was so mad at first, but then I thought this guy loved me enough to tell me the truth. And that's what I needed. And it was a paradigm shift for me because then I picked myself up, pulled my boots up and I marched forward and I was successful in some other businesses, but I needed that nudge, that encouragement. Wow. What's the difference? Uh, You got a lot of experience here, Aaron. What's the difference between lovingly being honest with someone versus uh, right now I just need to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, well, here's the thing is how... Not rock the boat. Yeah, well, <laughs> no. here's the thing. It depends on the level of relationship. Sure. You have to earn the right to speak into people's lives. And so if you don't spend that time when things are good, you're not going to have that opportunity when things are bad. And so what you've got to do is invest that time and energy and focus into people's lives now so that you have permission to speak into their lives later. And here's the thing, when it's about you, it's selfish, but when it's about them, it's for their benefit. And so you've got to be really careful, but I just say you got to invest the time to earn the right. Man, well said. What's one life lesson that you're learning right now? Well, here's the thing, Jared, fear holds everybody back. And I talk about this all the time, and I've even got a quote for it that I've lived my life by, and it's fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. My mom taught me when I was a child never to say the word can't. She'd say, you might not be able to do this, but you're going to at least try. And she had a little saying that said, can't, couldn't do it, and could did it all. And I've developed a mindset no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, I have that growth mindset that says, give me a little time, point me to the right people, let me build the relationships, and I'm going to fear missing the opportunity more than I fear failure, and you'll be hugely successful at whatever you do. What would you say are your top three priorities? Well, my priority first is my faith, and I've already said that. My second priority is Robin, and my third priority are my children. Business is way down the list for me. There again, every day, live. I work to live. I don't live to work. And so we've got money as a tool, and we need to live our life well using that tool, but we need to make money so that we can help others, encourage others, and do things that are admirable that would be significant rather than just successful for yourself. What are some ways that you encourage others? Well, I encourage people. It's my spiritual gift, encouragement. I love to encourage people because each and every day I'll write letters of encouragement. I'll do video endorsements. I'll do LinkedIn endorsements. I'll do text messaging. I'll make phone calls and not ask for anything but to encourage other people. We need people around us that want good for us and they don't want something from us. So it's very, very intentional for us every day. That's well said. Aaron, we always close out with two questions. The first one is where can people connect with you online? Yeah, the easiest place to find me, Jared, is viewfromthetop.com. Viewfromthetop.com. And then we always close out with final thoughts. Yeah, my final thought just would be to, if you've got something in your life, I've recently released a new book called View From The Top, and it talks about in the book how to get rid of the things in your life that is stifling your creativity. And a lot of the things that are there is fear, missing an opportunity. You know, that's one of the things people are afraid. The second thing is, is bitterness. They harboring bitterness towards something or somebody. And when you start cleaning that stuff out of your life, you can go to heights you've never been. Amen. 
Aaron, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm thankful that we had the chance to hang out here on the sidewalk and just do a little podcast. It's been so. awesome, buddy. It's been fun. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you again. See you.